0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and you're listening to episode 123. You know, we've got to know each other pretty good over these last 123 episodes. You've reached out to me, talked to me, emailed me, called me, Skyped me, tweeted me, Facebooked me, google Plused me, uh, LinkedIn me, just about anything that's out there. We've touched base and we've talked to each other, and I've really enjoyed it. I have enjoyed getting to know you. But I am sitting here wondering, because you're on that side and I'm on this side, and it makes me think, where are you right now? Are you listening to me in your car? Uh, Are you on your bike, headphones, on the treadmill, at the office? Are you sitting there just kind of enjoying yourself and enjoying this conversation with me? Because it is a conversation. I'm talking, and you're talking back. You're just not using words, and I'm hearing that. So here's something I've been wanting to try, and maybe you have some ideas of how we can make it work. I want to, there are, there's so many things I want to do with the show, and that's one reason why the Kickstarter campaign is coming, in order to get the funds so that we can continue to grow and expand what we can do with the show. There's video, there's the different formats that I want to pursue on a, you know, each day having its own format, five a week instead of just the three that we've been averaging. So many things I want to try. But one of the things I want to try is the opportunity of being able to kind of reach out to you and have you reach back to me. I'd like to kind of do a call-in show. I think it'd be kind of fun to have you call me or just tweet me or text me or tweet me or email me your phone number and say, I just give you a call, just kind of almost like a radio show. Hello? And we chat for two or three minutes. You get one question. What's your question? Boom. And then I answer it. And then I call the next one. And we have a little bit of a... I, I thought that'd be fun. I don't know. What do you think? So email me, rbliss, at com is probably one of the easiest ways to get hold of me. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Game Whisper or Richard Bliss. And uh, let's give this a try. I think that'd be kind of fun. One of the reasons it'd be kind of fun is because, a couple couple of reasons. One, when I have guests on and I'd like you to ask questions, I want to find a way for you to be able to either ask them personally, like a call-in radio show, or to tweet them to me so that I can ask them for you. I've also experimented with the idea of offering a little bit of free advice. The 15 minutes uh, that I do, where every once in a while, I'll block out a part of my week and make 15-minute segments available for you just to, Give me your contact information, ask me the question, and then I give you a call. And we just talk about it. And I've really enjoyed that as well. This information comes through my newsletter. You can find the newsletter at thegamewhisperer.com, www.thegamewhisperer.com. And over on the right, you will see sign up for the newsletter. This is how I will inform you of these kind of things that are happening. not going to spam you. Uh, Those of you who have signed up so far haven't gotten anything from me because I've been just taking the time to kind of build up the listenership. But if you're interested, go ahead and out there and subscribe thegamewhisper.com, and then uh, sign up for the newsletter. Follow me on Twitter, and occasionally we'll start to do some of these. Uh, I think they'd be kind of fun. And if, if you're interested, you can always let me know, and we can do that. You know, when I have a guest on that has such a wealth of information, I love to have them back. And uh, you've heard previously on one of the episodes, uh, my guest. Mr. Jamie Stegmeier, who is the co-founder of Stonemaier Games, he and I off, off the uh, recording talked about such great stuff that I really wanted to have him back. So I've brought him back. Jamie, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming back, Richard. And, well, we're going to talk now. We're going to break down. Last time we kind of talked about Kickstarter as a whole and kind of your project, and, and you alluded to a few things there that I want to really zero in on. And So what we're going to talk about today are two things. Okay. Your Kickstarter – also for our listeners who maybe didn't hear the previous episode that Jamie was on, Jamie's project was called Viticulture. He raised approximately $65,000, 66000 and he had nearly 1,000 backers. Uh, Jamie had no experience in the board game industry before. He had no experience on Kickstarter before. Uh, we didn't talk about this, but you did have some experience doing fundraising in the past in the capacity of your right. job. But uh, we didn't really talk about any of that. And so out of nowhere, this – game about wine making drops in and raises $66,000 and so we're going to talk about two things, we're going to talk about the media outreach that you mentioned how you reached out and you set a goal Mm -hmm. now you said you didn't achieve it but you still set the goal and that was to have a comment, a blog a post, a guest blog, something show up somewhere on the internet every day for the entire 40 days of your campaign (coughs) Okay, That was number one. That was the outreach. And mm-hmm. then number two was you did something unique with your stretch goals where you crossed social media lines, so to speak, and involved Facebook as part of your stretch goals. And I want to talk about that as well. Sure. All right. So let's launch. Let's get right into the media campaign. So you, when you launched your campaign, you sat down and set this this goal of uh, I want to get mentioned somewhere every day. How did, how did you go about doing that?
1: Well, I started off before before I launched the project. I uh, created a spreadsheet where I uh, compiled a list of all the board game blogs that I that were active. I guess because there are a lot out there that are no longer active. Um, I compiled that that list, and and uh, in each of the columns, I, I listed like how many RSS subscribers there were on that blog, uh, how many Facebook Facebook likes they had, so I could gauge the popularity. Just so I could prioritize them a little bit, but I did end up reaching out to all of them.
0: How did you? Uh, how do you go and find out how many RSS uh, subscribers they have?
1: I am a, a Google Reader user, and so if you go to Google Reader and you put in a, a a blog on there, you can see how often they post, and you can see how many subscribers they have. Perfect. Uh, are you? Yeah. Okay. Well, that helps my
0: listeners then know. How how do, how do I go find out which blog has more relevance? Because they might be a cooking blog or they might be something like that. So go to something like Google Reader, bring up the blog, it'll show you how many subscribers they have and how often they post.
1: Right. And I, and I think you mentioned when we were talking before this recording, you talked about another site that is helpful. Yes. So a site called
0: compete.com, C O M P E T E.com. Compete.com. compete.com. Is a website that allows you to type in anybody's domain name, and it'll show you over the past twelve months how many unique visitors that that uh, domain name has received every month over the last twelve months. And that way, you can kind of compare. That's also another number to say, okay, what's their readership like, or at least the eyeballs that are getting on that site, right? Okay, so you, you made this list. Um, was it just kind of hunt and peck? Did you just kind of how did you find blogs that were relevant to your topic?
1: I think actually I started with a blog called uh, Board Game Reviews by Josh. That was one that I've read for a little while really like. And on his sidebar, he has a list of blogs that he likes. And so I click through there and then I click through it again. It, it's pretty easy to find a number of blogs uh, if you do it that way. Well, you know,
0: Josh uh, and I have corresponded on numerous occasions. Never, uh, I've invited him on the show and he's like, Richard, I'm not famous enough. Uh, and I <laughs> i am not sure his uh, his readership has gone up he uh he and I met when he was uh, living in missouri and was hit by the uh the hurricane joplin the right. joplin the, tr- excuse tornado. Me, not, yeah. the tornado and the only thing left standing was his game closet
1: uh-huh. <laughs> so
0: uh but he he he's a great guy so that's it so go out find a fairly well known blog and then look to see what the, kind of their blog ring what they're connecting to right okay right and then you started building the spreadsheet. Do you have an idea how many you had
1: on your spreadsheet? Let's see, I'll pull it up right here. I think it's about 80 right now. Um, so right now you have 80. 80 blogs out
0: there talking about board games.
1: Yep, yeah, about 80. And and I'm sure there are many more out there that I don't know about, I, I, I learn more every day. One of the sites I use a lot is, uh, or that I subscribe to is cardboardedison.com. Okay. They they list every day. They have I'd say about ten posts where they they link to other blogs about board games. Okay, so, a, so board games by Josh, board game
0: reviews by Josh dot com. So for my listeners, uh-huh. you just spell it out: board game reviews by Josh dot com, and then cardboard Edison. Is it cardboardedison dot com? Yes. Okay. So those are two sites that you went to. So you build this spreadsheet of all of these blogs and then you kind of get a feel for which ones are more relevant. Then what happened?
1: Well, then I reach out to them and not everyone responds right away. And, and many of them review final copies of the game, but they're not open to reviewing prototypes or, or doing interviews. That's just not the format that they do. Uh, How many prototypes did uh, you send out? Uh, um but I did manage to get through to – I sent out about 10 prototypes. Okay. And I, I probably should have sent out more and should have sent them out before I launched the project. That was a mistake I made.
0: Yes, prob- probably. Uh, and that's a yeah. mistake that a lot of people make that they launch the project then they scramble start talking to people. And for my listeners, when you create a Kickstarter project, what's nice is that there's actually a preview link that it allows you to create – to send that preview link out for people to see your project before you launch. And I'm starting to recommend to almost all – Everybody that if you're going to do a Kickstarter project, particularly a board game, send that link out to all of these bloggers so that they at least can take a right. look at it and, and get an idea of what you're going to do.
1: And as I think you've noted, you can, you can create that review page months in advance. Yeah, months. So you don't have to wait until the, the week before you are ready
0: to launch. So you got this list. You reached out to these people. You have a few prototype copies.
1: Then what happened? Well, uh, the response was really good, and and I I targeted, like I said, I tried to target the the people with a little bit more influence, Um, and one of the big ones that we got through to was uh, Wired's uh, Geek Dad blog. A couple of those guys received prototypes, and and they were very, uh, one of them, a guy named Dave Banks, was kind enough to write a very nice review about it and so we saw a big uptick in, in pledges the day that review came out
0: now you now, mentioned to me that when you reached out to these folks it wasn't just hey please review my game that you always tried to find some way to give back some value
1: to the people that you were posting for right and that is a little different when you're offering a review copy um, but I tried to accompany that like, I tried to read their blog and get to know their blog better and and find out what their readers responded well to and uh, if they didn't if they didn't play games like Viticulture, I, I wouldn't even ask them to review it. But yeah, I try to offer their readers some sort of value or their listeners some sort of value.
0: Jamie, I gotta I, say, you're making this sound like this is a lot of work.
1: It is a lot of work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you mean I can't just throw it up there and it's and it's successful? <laughs> All this research and writing and man, you know, I got listeners going, dang, I was just hoping it'd be easy. I get to retire to Aruba. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it takes a lot of discipline and I think I've I've honed that over the years by writing a uh, a, a blog. I write a, a personal blog about five days a week, every week for the last six years. And, and so get, ha- having that discipline to do that every day, um, and that even is, though the blog – And yeah. for our
0: listeners, if you'd like to go uh, follow Jamie um, – Jamie is spelled J-A-M-E-Y. Meyer is M-A-I-E-R dot com. That's Jamie Meyer dot Jamie com and for six years,
1: five days a week. Right. And, and uh, just to throw it out there, it's my last name is Stegmeyer. Oh, so that's, it's, right. that's it's, right. It's Jamie and then Stegmeyer, S-T-E-G, um, I got M-A-I-E-R dot okay. com. Let's but, uh, so hang on, let's let's not let's not rush over that.
0: So that was my bad. <laughs> You're right. It's Jamie Steg, <laughs> then M A I E R dot com. Steg, yes. Jamie Stegmeier dot com. All right.
1: Yeah, and so I I write about a variety of topics there that I'm excited about, and I think that's key. That I hear from a lot of bloggers, uh, they set out to write a certain blog, and. Maybe a month in, they realize that they're no longer really excited about the topic that they started writing about and they stop writing the blog altogether. So I recommend, especially to new bloggers, that you just write what you're excited about that day and the blog will hopefully evolve and you can hone that into a, uh, maybe a smaller number of topics eventually.
0: I'm taking that to heart. I'm going to – I have richardblissblog.com and uh-huh. I'm going to – go. I, I'm gonna, my goal, I'm going to be like Jamie Stegmaier.
1: <laughs> every day, five days a week. That's that's got to be hard. It is hard, but like I said, it, it comes down to discipline eventually. And it is really exciting. Like I think you've experienced this, I'm sure through your podcast. It's, it's exciting to know that people are reading your words or listening to your podcast right away. That that's very gratifying to me. And so I'm every day when I when I sit out to write, I I'm, in, I'm kind of motivated by the fact that people are going to read it right away. It's out there on the internet right away, and
0: it's motivating and extremely addictive so i'm looking at the stats right now i'm uh i'm getting about 1700 listens an episode is what we're averaging right now per episode wow. and you're right almost every day and that's about 100 listeners right now i'm averaging 100 listeners a day
1: that's and incredible
0: yeah that's awesome and i'm just thank you for my listeners It and it's very addictive uh, <laughs> uh so okay let's let's now shift um We've talked about you. Re- you reached out here, and we can. Man, we could talk so much more about this. But this is one of the things that you did, and you did this after you launched. So your recommendation is, one and on your blog on uh, StoneMeyer Games, you mentioned this is one of those mistakes that you made. You need to do right. this before you launch your project.
1: Right. I I was fortunate. I'm sure other people have been fortunate too. Where the people who review the prototypes. Uh, understood the time frame of the Kickstarter project and they reviewed it almost right away. They played it and reviewed it right away. But just out of respect for those people's time, I, I, I should have done that in advance just to give them a few months so that they don't have to do it the next, they don't have to play the game the next week because they have other games they want to play.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. So let's talk now about your campaign itself. <laughs> Uh, It's called Viticulture, V-I-T-I-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. So if you go to Kickstarter, uh, my listeners, you can take a look at this. It's very unique because you set up stretch goals that actually tied into your Facebook account. So tell me how that worked, what the thought was there, and what
1: the end result ended up being. Sure. Before I started the project, like I said, I set up one spreadsheet that had all these blogs on it. I set up another spreadsheet that had – uh, board game Kickstarter campaigns that I that were successful and that I really respected the way they ran it, which uh, there are quite a few of them now. I, I shouldn't say that like there are only a few, but there are a lot that I really respect. And so I created this spreadsheet, and when I looked at the data on the spreadsheet, I saw that these really successful campaigns averaged 619 Facebook likes. So it was my target at the time, my goal, to have at least 619 Facebook likes because I figured if that was tied into their success, then I could use that to, to create a successful project for Viticulture. And so one of my stretch goals, which I, I don't think I did it completely correctly. I could have done it better. Um, but based on Facebook likes, I uh, had different stretch goals. They, they weren't they didn't add a lot of uh, a ton of value to the project, but they were like little things. Uh, what did I do here? Like, like I opened up new reward levels at 750 likes, I added uh, unique wooden tokens for each of the structures in the game. Um, now, I think there are different now, ways you can do that, but so
0: tell me. Sure. So, so, what what was the Facebook page you created? Was it a Viticulture one, or,
1: or was it a Stillmeyer so, Games one? Well, when someone likes a project on Kickstarter, uh, it, it's not connected to a, a specific page. It just, I think, the the project itself jumps to to Facebook and other people can see that they liked it but I also as an ancillary component I created a Stonemaier Games Facebook page
0: so when you say like you were just trying to get I'm back on Kickstarter right now right under the video it says like this 1,000 people like this be the first
1: of your friends that's what you were referring to
0: that's the likes you were referring to
1: yes yeah and and eventually, I, I also tried to get people to like the Stonemeyer Games Facebook page because that's something that I can update and continue to engage them on uh, about viticulture and future projects. It's like the different when you're trying to get someone to subscribe to your podcast versus just checking out your website every now and then. If you get that subscriber, you have their attention whenever you want it instead of whenever they remember your blog or your podcast. Right.
0: Right. So and- – and you then tied this. So I'm looking here: 50 likes. You're going to reveal one hidden reward level. Uh-huh. Uh, 750 likes. A thousand likes. Full art. PNP for all backers in November. Um, as you as you look at this, then so you're unlock. I'm looking at your uh, your stretch goals. How did you structure this? Because I'm seeing victory points, victory points, victory points, likes, backers, dollars. So right. explain. To our listening audience, because they can't see what I'm talking about, what is that? What is, What are you doing here?
1: Well, I've seen a, a lot of projects have stretch goals related to funding, which I think is very relevant. That's very important, especially since uh, a lot of those stretch goals.
0: So we're out of time, but we're going to go uh, a few minutes. The over more money over you raise, the over.
1: more you can spend on each individual unit. Oh, we yeah. are. Yeah, but that's all right. We'll just we'll just take a couple of minutes here. Okay, and, I'll, I'll try to keep this brief. But no, no, I, with right. uh, so I, I the funding stretch goals important. Okay, and the uh, I also have, I had a separate set of stretch goals connected to the number of backers because uh, I fi- I figured that well again looking back at my my spreadsheet here the average number of backers for these successful Kickstarter projects that I researched. Uh, was 847. So that was successful board game projects that I really liked the way they structured, 847 backers. So it was a goal of mine not just to raise $25,000, but also somehow get 847 backers, um, even if they were just a $1 backer, because you, they might be a $1 backer, and then they tell their five friends who play board games about viticulture, and one of them buys the game. Um, and then the Facebook was just the, the more the social media side. So I was trying to hit those stretch goals from all possible angles, uh, hoping that that, that that's something would work, you know, it's hard to tell exactly which one worked the best. But but I kind of I, I did meet all of those goals at least in terms of likes, funding, and number of backers.
0: You did thousand likes. You got nine hundred and forty-two backers, uh, sixty-five thousand uh, dollars. At what point, And we obviously we only have just a, a minute or two. Right. Uh, at what point did? How far in advance did you plan this out and then how, how much rapidly catching up did you have to do when this thing started taking off?
1: Uh, it definitely was a, a learning process during the campaign and I learned a lot from the, the backers too. That all the uh, backers have great ideas and it's good to remain flexible enough to, to respond to those ideas. But the planning, like during the campaign, I spent about 70 hours a week working on the campaign and leading up to the campaign, the month beforehand, it was probably probably about 50 or 60 hours just honing, creating the project page, getting feedback based on the preview page, uh, doing all this research on the other pro- projects. So it is a huge time commitment. And I think you, you commented, it's fortunate that, I am, uh, that I'm single, that I'm not married, because if, if, if you have that uh, other commitments in your life, it's very difficult to run a Kickstarter campaign. 70 hours a week for four weeks, five weeks? Five yeah uh, six weeks actually yeah six weeks. Were you putting in seventy hours for six weeks? Didn't sleep much. What? uh, Yeah yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd go to the day job, then come home, and I'd work on Kickstarter for about eight hours. A lot of that was responding individually to backers. That was a lot of the time. Um, Yeah, that was that was my life. But I have to say, it was one of the most fun, enjoyable months of my life. It, It was incredibly gratifying to to have that. That experience. So we're
0: we're, we're out of time. Um, will you come back and, and we'll talk a little bit more on another topic at another time?
1: Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, definitely.
0: So uh, the game comes out. It's due out in May. Is one of the due dates? Are we going to see it in May? Um, are you? Stay, are you? Being, I think we, we actually be, are. Okay. The yeah. Manu- you told me the manufacturer is Panda Games, uh, the folks at Panda, uh, who <laughs> who I just recently had on the show, uh, Mike Lee, the uh, the CEO. General manager, co-founder, great, great couple of guys up there that are doing some great work. I say up there in Vancouver, Canada. Right, and uh, we should see this game. And then you're using uh, Impressions Distribution that will be hitting game stores then sometime shortly after May, right before the uh, the board game conventions start up. Right. Yeah. Well, this Jamie, this is awesome. I mean, you just kind of hit the ground running for uh, for somebody who just decided to uh, wake up one morning and create a board game and and jump in a lot of success here a lot going on and, and i really appreciate the time that you've taken to be able to share with my listening audience so many people that are uh that are wondering how they can go about doing that this has been really helpful thank you very much for for doing this
1: thank you Yeah, i'm, I'm happy to, to help out if anyone also wants to contact me individually they can do through through you or, or contact me directly i'm happy to help them out so let's talk about that. They can find you at uh,
0: Stonemeyer Games on Facebook. They can find uh, you at stonemeyergames.com
1: on the internet. Right. Uh, your Twitter handle? It's, uh, it's Jamie Stegmeyer, J A M E Y S T E G M A I E R. Okay, let's, uh, let me try
0: that again. I had uh, – there was a little bit of hiccup. I'll, I'll spell it out. J-A-M-E-Y-S-T-E-G-M-A-I-E-R on Twitter. Right. And mm-hmm. then uh, uh, email. Do you have an email account that you share with the public?
1: Sure. It, uh, the, probably the easiest one to remember is stonemeyergames.com. Or, or I'm sorry, stonemaiergames at gmail.com. Yep, Stonemaier
0: games at gmail.com so Jamie again thank you so much for uh, for being on the show again and for agreeing to come back this has been great information I know this will help a lot of people out there thank you so much thanks for you've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter my name is Richard Bliss the Game Whisperer my guest has been Jamie Stegmaier the co-founder of StoneMeyer Games and hopefully you've heard something inspiring I know this has been really helpful for me and I always love to learn a lot when my guests come on We look forward in 2013 to seeing your Kickstarter project out there so that we can help you fund your dream. Take care.